This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday Week Podcast. A strictly unbiased view on Sheffield Wednesday. The world's greatest football club. Hello and welcome to... um, We've just been discussing what we're going to call this. We're going to call this a collaboration between the Wednesday week and the Owls Americast. So, um, hi, I'm James from the Wednesday week. I've got my colleagues here, Vic. Hello. And Fudge. Evening. Uh, And then joining us from stateside, but actually in the same room as us, as if by some kind of magic... James Allen. Hello. And Paddy. Good evening. Um, right, we've just had a really interesting conversation for the last five minutes about what the hell to call this thing. So, um, what are we going to call it? Uh, <laughs> um. Owls Assemble. Oh, like Avengers yeah, Assemble, but yeah. really shit. Owls Assemble. Yeah, we need no, that. he's just doing that so he can use his same logo. <laughs> <laughs> have, you got, have you got that noise of like the conch shell from Anchorman? Like, who's got pitchforks? This reminds me of a very different story, Fudge, but that reminded me then that um, now Kieran West was been playing again. Whenever he like catches a cross or yes. something, I just, uh, at the crowd yesterday at uh, Middlesbrough, I was just like, <laughs> I can't not do it. Everyone just looks at me like, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so obviously, James and Paddy, you're back in Sheffield for Christmas. So, we thought we'd take the opportunity to all get together and do kind of a bit of a podcast mashup, sort of review of the year, but obviously a couple of games in the last few days to talk about as well. Um, and plenty of other stuff that's going on at, at Sheffield Wednesday right now as well. So, we'll talk about, um, we'll talk about that. Um, so the last time we did an episode of the Wednesday week was uh, just after the fans forum, but just before the sacking of Yoss. Uh, now James and I have been on a podcast since then, so we've kind of said a few bits and bobs about that. Um, but I know Paddy, Fudge, Vic, you've not kind of had your chance to kind of put your thoughts across about Yoss going. Um, I've got a feeling I might know where you stand on it. To be honest. <laughs> um, so I guess the floor is is yours really to. 
reacts. Uh, Paddy, you were his biggest fan, were you? Feeling that. We part time, right? I mean, just because it's been such a long few months of going a season, it's just been painful to watch. We had no progression at all before, like, last, I don't know how many months now. So for me, it was overdue sacking, uh, mutual consensus, we're not sacking. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the change we've seen in the last two games from the players' response. It hasn't been that dramatic in the Preston game, but we'll talk about it later on. The Borough game was a lot more solid and more confident from the players too. So I think totally the right move. A little bit uh, longer than I wanted it to take, but it's done just in there. I just think it was great timing, what with Martin Allen being slapped today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a blow. I know that means. <laughs> I am very sad to leave the club. Regards, Martin. <laughs> See you later, Martin. <laughs> oh, I'll miss Martin Allen. I will. I will for that very reason. I would love him to come in at Hillsborough. Trevor and Mark would be out of a job. I can't <laughs> abide Martin Allen. Oh. And, and my, my, the worst bit is, I don't know if anybody's seen this, have you ever seen it when they sign Drew Talbot or they, mm. he just renewed his contract and they're in front of Martin Allen's office? And, uh, it just says and it's just, it's just a two foot by two foot white square that says Martin's office. <laughs> it's quite, somebody's got to take that down now. They've got to get some lifting equipment in. Who's going to do the website? He takes it with him wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah. job. <laughs> Martin's office at home. Martin's office. <laughs> the um, but yeah, the second is just like you. You, you sit there and you go, brilliant, that's great. And then you start dissecting it, don't you? You start thinking, well, why did it wait so long, not after, straight after the uh, the last game, which was uh, which escapes me right now, but it should have gone on that game. It was uh, Swansea, wasn't it? Swansea, you should have gone two games before that. But why did they wait until after he'd already had the dreaded voter confidence from the, uh, from the chairman? You think, well, what was the point in those four days? Then they told Lee Bullen on Friday, Friday morning... And I think he tweeted that morning something like um, I'm going signing off, Twitter. off. Yeah, going <laughs> off Twitter for a couple of weeks, and you all go, "Aye, aye, chicken pie." There's something afoot here, and then, <laughs> and then you, and then they wait, and, and the day before a game, and then Lee Bullen's gone to Cameron Dawson's house to tell him he's not getting picked, and you just think, "Well, this is just piss poor planning." This is, you know what I mean? Hold on, piss poor planning. Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and what he did, but that's that, that's the point, though. So we, when we spoke last, you uh, you mentioned that there's no plan. There's no uh, agenda in place. I don't remember him saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I might have made the point a couple of times. <laughs> if, you, right. if, you, if you're questioning this, we've got an hour and a half of a pod from the weekend where me and James just say the same thing. Over <laughs> <and> over. <laughs> but then, and then the further thought occurs, which was, which, and I just want now, I just need two things answering about this whole thing. It's, um, you know what? What did they fall out about with Westwood and Hutchinson? What was what was the fallout that they had? What was the crux of the matter? And which mushrooms? It must have been mushrooms. It must really like you know. He likes the green pot noodles, and he's not allowed them. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, they are. You see that? I, I didn't think of that. Yeah, it was mushrooms. And the second one is who gave him the job in the bloody first place? Yeah. You know what I mean? Who who said to a man who doesn't know the positions of where people play on a pitch? To go, hey, you know, you should get this mustache you get. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Who came up with that? Who was due for retirement? He was ready to retire. And yet we lured him out and no, no, you're a man. You're the guy. He's got his stupid allotment built already, ready to go. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's, that's what I wanted. Yeah, that's what I wanted to answer. I just, just want those two questions answered. What was the fallout 
And who gave him the job in the first place? Yeah, it seems weird, doesn't it? Do you see the uh, the picture of him just like sat like the loneliest oh, man at the, the, the train station? It's even worse than that. It's Cafe Ritazza. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even make it to Costa Coffee. He's like in the bog most standard coffee outlet in Sheffield Station. Panorama Coffee. They've turned out all the lights. It's the Friday before Christmas, and he's just sat there with his feet <laughs> in his wheelie case, and it, it sums him up, right? That's some Cafe Ritazza is the Yoslum kind of coffee chain, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were getting like some kind of fancy high end, you know, uh, special brew coffee, and we got Cafe Fucking Ritat. <laughs> <laughs> so, universally, uh, unsurprisingly, we um, all agree with the decision to get rid of Yoss. So, what happens next? That's the, the question. A lot of talk about Steve Bruce, his um, traditional assistants, his staff have been spotted in the crowd at the last couple of games. So, um, I don't think it's going to be any great surprise if that does happen um, again James you and I have kind of reflected on this a bit already um, a bit although you know, yeah. we've had a bit more time to kind of <laughs> sleep on it and um, you know I've certainly kind of mouthed off a bit on Twitter about it and seen quite a bit of mixed opinion coming from the Wednesday uh, the Wednesday faithful what do you reckon Vic? I'd take Steve Bruce you're a fan aren't you? Why not? Oh, I, I like him because when I went to Cardiff and Alex Bruce was playing, Steve Bruce was sat next to us in crowd and he did no but cry. Oh. No but cry, and I thought. And it also, that's I what like we the need, fact a we... manager that cries. That's, <laughs> well, at that's least a bit of emotion. Yeah. Yeah. He won't be on yeah. the seat, will he? Yeah. Yeah. He stood up crying. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> Just a box of Kleenex in Lee Bullen's hands next to him, like Dan Fudge with his coat. Box of Kleenex in Lee Bullen's hands doesn't sound like. <laughs> 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 well, that one when he went to Cameron, when he went to Cameron Dawson's house. Oh. <laughs> Talk about that. Oh, you made it weird. No, I think that's fine. I think uh, with regards to Lee Bullen, I think there's been a few people over the last couple of days that have been saying just give him the job, and I just don't. Managers don't stay in jobs. Managers get sacked or leave by mutual consent, and I don't want that to happen to Lee Bullen ever. Like I don't want it to sour and. I think it's probably time to go back to Academy. Yeah, for the benefit of everybody listening, there were like four heads shaking in simultaneous <laughs> uh, unison just now when that was mentioned. I mean, he, he's, he's, I'm pleased with Lee because he's, he's ramped up his, uh, his win rate, hasn't he? I mean, it, it didn't really work out for him the three games he was in charge back in, uh, no. back in December, January, this time last year. Yeah. Um, so the last two games, they're, like, they're giving him the, yeah. the Dewey's he's deserved as part of the Wednesday family, but he's not a long-term solution, is he? No, and I don't think he would want to be, to be honest. I think... But it's just the people now saying it. I think, oh, I don't want it. I don't want Chancery to read those. Like we know he does, and go, yeah, all right, and leave on because it's not right. He's got estate agents to run. To be I fair. know, yeah. <laughs> I've got some new flats. I've got botanical gardens. I wouldn't mind the idea of Liebel and to the end of the season if it gives us time to find who is definitely the right person for the plan that I might have mentioned a couple of times on uh, on the podcast last week when we've got the plan uh, <laughs> then it just gives us time to find the person other than just you know having a go with Steve Bruce because he's got an alright record you know it, no, it doesn't I'm, I don't I just don't know if it really makes sense the plan is Steve Bruce though that is now the plan because and if you're going to give it to one available manager at the moment in my opinion it is Steve Bruce he's the only candidate because he can build football clubs he can put infrastructures in place he can bring his back from staffing, and he's done it before, and he'll do it again. Yes, it's not attractive football that he plays, um, but I think he's the right man at the moment. I don't think you need to wait until he's one for a magic fairy godmother of managers to come down and save us because I don't know if they exist. He's not the only manager available, though, is he? 
She got Yukanovich as well, was that mm. like, yeah. Mourinho. <laughs> Martin Allen. <laughs> Martin Allen. Martin Allen. <laughs> Absolutely. Doesn't Steve Bruce though have the pedigree of getting out of the championship? What's he yeah. doing? Yeah. Four times? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I mean, Jakanovic, yes. I think he's a great coach and he plays great football. But Steve Bruce has a better track record of getting where we want to be. So, you know, I don't, I don't care about the Sheffield United connection. Oh, yeah. I don't care about the three goals he scored from the 91st minute to the 97th, thus introducing the world to Fergie time. I don't care. I just want to get out of this stupid league. Do you know the funny thing is, Fudge, I actually like the fact that he scored those goals in 1992. I like because he knows who we are, right? He's, yeah. known, he's known Wednesday throughout his career. So the one thing you can say about Steve Bruce, he was in at Cardiff in 2005. He's played against us like when we were in Apomp. He knows what Wednesday can be. So he actually might have a sense of what the club expects. Yeah. He obviously knows expect. Sheffield as well. I yeah, was exactly. He's been here. He was um, blown away by the fans at Wembley for the playoff final. Yeah, and, and obviously he saw us in uh, in 2016 mm. the uh, the playoff so final. Well. There's no doubt about that. But I, I, <laughs> if, not until after Christmas. He, if he manages to get this <laughs> this Sheffield Wednesday team promoted within the next couple of years, that that I mean that'll be that's that's miracle stuff. He's not had a challenge like this before in his career. I don't think. I don't know. Whole, mind you, whole city had just been up with Phil Brown and me, and then they binned him off halfway through their first season because they were like they were going to go down. And then, um, but Hull were nothing when he took them up. You know, but they had money, fudge. They, they had, a, they, had, they had a few quid. They had a few quid. But I'm just, Birmingham was a turn up for the books as well, wasn't it? But you know, he knows the league. He knows how it can work, and he knows that there's always an opportunity. That there are times when you look at the championship and you go, if we don't manage it this season. Next season's going to be difficult because three teams that come. Do you remember when Villa first came mm-hmm. down and we were looking at it going, I don't fancy it this year because, you know, there's so many good teams now in the Championship and we end up getting binned out by bloody Huddersfield. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it, yeah. it just seemed. So that, that, you know, that's where the league goes. I, I'm not unhappy with Bruce at all and I'm, I'm over the moon that it's not uh, Megson, it's not Barnsley Mick. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just glad it's not those people. I mean, it might be. Well We're talking about it like it's done and dusted, aren't we? But it, it kind of feels like it is. I, I mean, mean, that's the way the, the club's been The way Alex it. Bruce has been on Twitter as well, I don't know if you've seen that, like people have been slating his dad, and he's done what anyone would do and gone on and stuck up for his dad, but he's also, he's not disregarded the fact that he's been linked with us at all. Like, he's been quite... Yeah. He was saying, no, actually, he didn't spend 50 million, he spent four, and did it. like, trying to almost... Uh, give us a bit of hope. Most of that's that Alex Bruce defending well. That's the first, isn't it? Yeah, most of it's been like defending against criticism from the Villa fans, right? Yeah. Because yeah. the Villa fans had such high expectations that the brief there was just look, blow through the division, get top two, get out, get us back into the yeah. mm-hmm. And in fairness to him, I mean, he took them took them over when they were a pretty low ebb after Dimatteo, right? When it, the whole yeah. thing had kind of was it Dimatteo? It was. It was Dimatteo yeah. and Steve Clark. Oh, that's right, Steve well, Clark. Super coach should get it. <laughs> should get it on the basis of his, uh, his performance in Scotland. Now we've been there before with Stevie May, and uh, yeah, maybe yeah, that, yeah. that isn't necessarily the path to go. <laughs> but he got, he got them to the player final, right? I mean, yeah. you know, by hook or by crook, he actually turned that team into something that nearly got there, and we shouldn't dismiss that. So. I don't know. I mean, the Villa fans are kind of pretty heavily bruised, but his mm. his record is impressive. My my worry is his expectation is to spend, and we know he can't spend, or he can't spend if he doesn't sell. So my worry is that Villa were kind of a similar sort of proposition to what we are, uh, in terms of the fact that they were a club that was in a bit of a mess. You know, kind of up and down the club, there were things that needed to change, and he did do all right, but he did also 
he was able to bring in quite a lot of players. Granted, he had to sell a few along the way as well, um, but he certainly had money to invest. And at Wednesday, he's not he's not going to have that money to invest unless we sell people. Um, it's been tweeted by um, what's his face at the Sun this evening that um, Adam Reach is definitely not for sale in January. So that gives you the impression that we're not we're not looking at selling wholesale across the board. So um, Steve Bruce probably not going to have much money to spend in January. DC and Alan Nixon have got a good relationship, though, you know, based on what we did last season. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that, we can point. take that as cast iron truth. Fair, <laughs> point. Fair point. But that, he's going to have to wheel and deal, right? He's, you know, he can't just bring in the whole promotion squad from 2015. I mean, much as we'd like Al, Al Mohammadi and uh, and Al Mohammadi's gash. There you go. He is now. He wasn't then. Yeah, yeah. But the point is, he's, if he's going to want to bring his players in, he's going to have to ship somebody out. You know, and if he likes Barry Bandon, he likes Adam Reach. There's not many other players. Well, we know there's one. Gash. For definite, that we think will go in January, which is Mr. Westwood. Just given, yeah, Westwood to Leeds. Just, yeah, um, because him and Bruce don't have a good track record at all. Do they? Is that from Sunderland? Yeah, yeah Pirate Bruce. Bruce was manager at Sunderland when Westwood was there. I thought that was Martin O'Neill that he'd fallen out with. I was under the impression it was him. Don't know. Well, we never know. know. Well, <laughs> well, we get cash for Westwood in January. Or do you think it was? Yeah, he's under contract. Yeah, it's not gonna be a lot, is it? You'll get cash, but not as much cash as you get on the free market, right? You'll get cash, but you also will save forty grand a week. Or thereabouts. Drop in the ocean and we I've got to make what twenty million pounds we're gonna yeah. make up like that. Don't say this, we've just had two games of Kieran Westwood coming back in and kind of showing yeah, up the back line, you know, rolling up his sleeves <laughs> and kind of, you know, giving the bigger R. James is in the stands, kind of giving it the big Westwood. He can't go to Leeds in January, that's <laughs> That would be so Wednesday. Oh, yeah, that's probably exactly what we'll do. Yeah, probably, yeah. It'll really ruin games for me. Some, sometimes the games is the only thing that gets me through is my old Westwood <laughs> air horn. I just actually think about buying an yeah, actual air horn to use during the recording of, uh, of this podcast. I <laughs> thought my housemate would probably not appreciate it. <laughs> Decided against that one. Uh, yeah, all right, so let's talk about some football then. So, um, two games to talk about, two 1-0 wins to talk about, which is... Very welcome. Um, so first of all, on Saturday against Preston, so James and Paddy, you're both over at the moment from the States. Uh, Paddy, you were at the game? I was, yeah. I was poshing up in the South Stand. Um, Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't give you garlic mushrooms. Um, <clears throat> no, no cushion seats holes. or plastic? <laughs> um, I think they're plastic. We, we could see the percussion seats though. I mean, that's as good as we can get in the Mexico Jones family. Um, <laughs> but it was good because I was sat right next to, or in between the two coaches. So I saw the players uh, warming up. Um, one of the best moments of the match for me was seeing Hutchinson like signal to Bullen about 60 minutes in to go, time to come on, coach. And I just like, he was so excited to get on that pitch, Hutchinson. It was really good to see. And Bullen just laughed it off and was like, yeah, 20 minutes, whatever. But uh, it was just a really good um, kind of. I don't know, to be that close to players that have been left out and see their smiles on their faces, that was, for me, the biggest takeaway of that game. Other than that, the football was dreadful. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get that. The Hills wasn't really bouncing. It wasn't like a, oh, we've sat for us, let's celebrate. It was still a bit kind of like tepid almost, a bit kind of like treading our feet a little yeah. closer to the water to go, is it okay to be happy yet kind of thing? And the football didn't really inspire anything until later on, maybe, I think. It was kind of like a feeling of, of just kind of relief, wasn't it? It was like a big kind of... <laughs> I think everyone just felt a little bit bruised from what's happened over the last 11 months and just kind of needed a game just to kind of get to grips with where we're at and what's happening and stuff um, James you weren't there on 
Saturday. And the awkward thing for you is that obviously when you're in the States, you can follow the games on iFollow. Uh, over here, you can't even do that. Yeah, it's, it's a chuffing irony, basically. When I come over here, I see less football than I do when I'm back yeah. home. Um, so no, I didn't. But I, uh, I had the misfortune to watch the highlights, of which there were none. Um, <laughs> other than Hector's, uh, Hector's header, which was, um, you know, it was just, it seemed it felt like a job well done, right? We weren't we weren't going to miraculously suddenly turn into a good team overnight, but it just felt like we'd done a few basic things right. You know, we switched back to a flat back four. We'd we got the sense of a team that was going to play for each other. There was kind of a bit more coordination, a bit more communication, maybe. Um, and I I know it wasn't pretty, Paddy. I mean, I didn't see the whole game, but what I saw of it was pretty ugly. But but we did a job, right? You know, we wound up Ben Pearson. We got him sent off, which is yeah. job number yeah. one. And then we you know we closed the game out. And you can't ask any more than that. That's was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was <laughs> How many Belgian blues did you have? Right? <laughs> <laughs> the, um, have a nice time. the sending off, the fact that they uh, appealed it oh, was stupid. It was just embarrassing. On Christmas wasn't it? Eve, right? They like yeah. convened like an EFL panel at five pm. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. didn't, it didn't take them long. To <laughs> <start> <laughs> that point. We got a party outside. You did a sprout like, No, yeah. get lost, man. Get lost. They'd already well, they'd already compiled their out of office <laughs> while, while they were hearing the evidence. Like, but I don't I don't understand how they appealed. I must that. admit, from where I was sat, we thought it was a bit of a dive and a bit fancy from Matthias. But no. actually, watching it back, no, it was, it was attempted murder. If, uh, if I were in Meadowall. <laughs> and he did that to me. <laughs> exactly. Real world fudge here now. Yeah, yeah. Putting it in context. Well, the thing was, he went in like at a normal level, then raised his feet yeah, to yeah. the last minute to his knees to go. I shot him in charge. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a sending off all day long, and what they were thinking about appealing it, I've got no idea. But we know he's got past history, right? Yeah. So you, I'm, I'm serious when I say you wind him up. That's gamesmanship, and it's actually a team that's functioning because they're thinking about how to play to the opposition on the basis of being set up well and actually yeah. pulling together rather than maybe what we've been doing before which is it's felt like we've not been playing their game we've been playing some kind of crazy tactical affair of our own did you see a difference in because I think the difference between Westwood and Dawson predominantly for me is the uh, organisation of the defence yeah. the, the communication the holiday, he's constantly on everybody's back uh, I, I I do believe that Cameron Dawson is going to be a great keeper for somebody one day, whether it's for us or whether it's for somebody else. But he does have a little bit to learn in terms of marshalling. Um, w- was that apparent to see? You could hear it. Probably, yeah. And, and they were all shouting at each other. We were on about this earlier, yeah. about the fact that I mean, Westwood's obviously played two, kept two clean sheets, but to be fair, he's not really had that much to do in either of those games uh, but that in itself is not insignificant because it, it's just felt like probably more so in the Middlesbrough game uh, and also we'll talk more about that in depth in a bit but um, it just it felt like we were a team of, of leaders whereas all season we've, we've we've been the opposite of that we've just been a team without any direction at all and I think that having that coming from your goalkeeper inspires the rest of the team to also be the same so I think when you've got a team with no leaders then you've got no leaders but once you start you've got one leader then you add Hutch back into the mix you've got two leaders and then suddenly everyone's barking instructions at each other and you've got communication across the entire team so I think having that from you know from from that goalkeeping position where traditionally you expect it it's your goalkeeper that can see everything that's happening because they're not doing much for the majority of the game yeah. um, and they're the one that that's, that's organising stuff that's that's shouting stuff at people and making stuff do, happen do you know yeah, this is where it links back to Steve Bruce and the future right because what we have done over the two games the Bulls been charged we've gone back to a flat back four and we've cleared the lines mm. right we've not messed around we're trying to play it out from the back no, we're yeah. not trying to do anything fancy so 
we're launching it. You watch Hector and Lee's, their first message is get it clear. Now, I know that might sound basic, but it actually gives the defence time to breathe. And they're getting themselves organised again. It gives the goalkeeper time to organise the back four. It's the back four time to organise the midfield. And we're pressing higher, which means we're not inviting as much pressure onto ourselves. And that it's fundamental championship football. Like Carlos said, didn't he, before, a little while before he got sacked, he said, I know everyone wants us to play 3-5-2 and play wing-backs. We ain't got the players to play wing-backs. And he was right. Right. That's that's actually the conclusion of the whole Joss era when he tried to play fancy kind of you know playing it out from the back and playing all the wing back football. Liam Palmer ain't a right wing back. Yeah. He can't do it. Like no no matter how you put it, Ash Baker isn't ready to be a right wing back either. And, and you've kind of got to go back to basics in order to allow the team to function. I think that's what we've seen last two days. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Any anything else about the um, Preston game? It's There's something really significant about the game that we've not mentioned yet. Really significant. I think it's really significant. Did we score a goal? Did we have strike nets? Paddy knew who came on in the last minute. That's no. checking my notes. Sign anything, mate. <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So I'm thinking about three minutes to three. Mm. Waterfront. Waterfront. The return of Waterfront as the run uh, <coughs> music that's not been used all season. I thought that was strange, isn't it? Manager goes. Obviously, caretaker manager mm. comes in, and that game. We go back to using our previous I can't see your I, I demand yeah. that Artie Monkey's being played before I come out. <laughs> yeah, surely it's just a bit of a... At no point has Yoss said, no, I'm sorry, Waterfront doesn't spark him up. Or Bully's gone in and gone, oh, before we go I out... I think it's that way around. Do you think? I can imagine Bully going in and going, play the music that we used to come out to and used to get the people going. I can, I can see, see that, that happening. Because that's but, what you did with the keeper. I mean, that, yeah. that's why you made this... Sing- it, yeah. was a, it was a signatory choice, right, to play with yeah. it. So it's like a psychological thing, right? Yeah, so you're like, let's reset everyone's minds back to the good old days where Wes was in goal. Get him a bit more and, <laughs> and then it, and it kind of works. It, it tricks everyone to romanticise slightly about the game. Because I still think it was a bad game. If Yoss was in charge of that game, uh, I think we'd be talking about a drab 1-0 win. And how nothing's changed. If the fact that Bullen's in charge of that game and he's picked up Westwood and Waterfront's playing, we're like, oh, we're on an upward, upward yeah. strength. Yeah, yeah, before we even kicked Wednesday. off, we're already winning. <laughs> yeah. well, I can imagine that happening, yeah. Well, in one way, shape, or form, we're all in like a field of marketing, right? And that, yeah. don't discount that. That's about how you actually engage everybody. You get the fan base back on side again, right? I mean, that's what Bullen's done in the last week. I'm going to start doing that. When you but, walk into the information school, Sheffield <coughs> University, it's because simple minds will put All these on, students on will be like, yes! Receptionists will love you for that <laughs> one song that's just playing over and over. Um, no, but you've got like, you have, I've seen people tweeting about, oh, we've got our Wednesday back and stuff like that. Uh, and there were, there were chants, weren't there, during... Was it during the Norwich game or the one after? I can't remember, but during one of the games, it was, you know, we want our Wednesday back. Um, and, you know, that it is all part of that overall kind of feeling, I think, among, you know, I think Wednesday fans in a lot of ways are quite easily pleased, aren't they? They don't necessarily demand success. And the list of requirements for Wednesday fans is we've got to play in blue and white stripes, <coughs> play your best 11 players. And don't fuck about with the run-out music, you know, stuff hot, like hot that. Hot water on the North Stand. Hot water on the North Stand, yeah. Nice. Uh, I really feel for those foundation members who've got to go back out of the lounge and queue up with everyone else before they go back oh, in. That's nice. a real issue for them. Um, yeah, but you know what I mean? I think it's, it's kind of like, I don't, I don't think it's it's as insignificant as, you know, we could kind of dismiss it. Not at all, but there was a lot of um, smoke, wasn't there, when we said, oh, we're going to play... Sheffield-based music now in the in the stadium. Here's gonna, the playlist. This is great. This is the playlist, guys. Yeah, not off. That's right, mate. You know what I mean. Yeah. And 
and everybody was going, oh, this is amazing, this is great. Outside of about three or four bands, I'm kind of done. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, week one, we'll go with Pulp. Week two, we'll got Human League. Uh, week three, probably Reverend of the Makers. Week four, Arctic Monkeys. See you later, thanks a lot, kids. We're going back to Waterfront. That's what it should have been. Do you know what I mean? That were it. But, like, you know, I'm not all in this indie, wafty beer world with top knots and, <laughs> and peaks and wafty scarves and skinny jeans. Do you know what I mean? We're not all like that. We're all, we're all Yorkshire shit kickers at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? Let's play shit kicker music. We could all have a bloody sing song to it. Like Simple Minds. Like Waterford. Like Simple Bloody Minds. What did they come out to our second half? Alive and kicking, hopefully. Right? Uh, I don't think it was. I think it was, was it, uh, hey, Reverend of the Makers. Let's go. I used to hate that one. No. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. Beer, I, I'm never back for the start of the second half. I'm always still drinking beer. So well, no, I wasn't. That's why I'm asking. Um, no, don't know. Okay, so that was Preston. So, um, Middlesbrough, as we record this, Middlesbrough yesterday, uh, which I was at. Did any of you guys see much of it? You watch, oh, yeah, I watched it. All right, cool. What do you think? I thought we were great. Mm-hmm. I thought there was a bounce. I think after, um, after Preston... That was a tentative victory, whereas this victory, it's weird that it's the same scoreline, but one of them seemed to solidify my confidence in the team a lot more than the, the one before. Does that make sense? Because it was such a, yeah. a, a confident victory, do you know what I mean? I thought, I thought everybody played their part very well. Um, I was excited to see Bannon back and, and how it would all fit, but Fletcher for me, and Fox actually had a great game Fox as well. I thought Fox was really good, but Fletcher actually absolutely ran his blood to water. Sometimes I go hot and cold with Fletcher um, about his input and what he does because I, I, I get the impression from him that he's sometimes a bit of a negative impact in terms of the morale of the players around him. I think that when... I, I believe that when... Um, Jordan Rhodes was talking about cliques around the, and uh, you know factions within the dressing room. I believe that he was talking specifically about Bannon and Fletch. I've just got that in my head. I've got no, you know, no, don't, don't, <laughs> no, no, no problem on that. But, but I, I, I just get the impression the way he carries himself and the way he talks players. But I thought he was he was outstanding yesterday, and uh, and I think Morgan Fox all of a sudden has become a. Uh, become a football player yeah. and, um, and and it's nice to see social media actually recognising this as well I mean there's actually been some sensible fans that have been going Fox had a good game well you say that but I said Fox had a good game on Preston the Preston game I got slated for it I don't think he's been anywhere near as bad as what he's been made out to be he's still got a mistake or two in him yeah. he made a couple of minor errors and you can dismiss it as a minor error because it didn't lead to anything mm. um, but you know it, it's no different to how Tom Leeds has been playing this season yep. Tom Leeds has been making two or three <clears> mistakes uh, a game and fans haven't really got on his back because he's Tom Leeds Morgan Fox for whatever reason is just that figure now that um, you know that gets the, the stuff but the I tell you what the the Preston game the fact that his name was booed. Was, was booed when they were announcing the team before the game I think it's just disgraceful yeah. that's awful that's such a a really like on the day that the whole place has been negative for such a long time but you know the manager that everyone hates has gone the guy that everyone loves is back in charge we've got a game that we can win 
why would you need that kind of negativity at like it's, it's you know, kind a of minute to kick off just Wednesday, before High Hurst Sheffield Wednesday we've, all, we've always got to have that one person to, to rein mm. in on right and it's been Morgan Fox for the best part of a year mm. but I mean you know Paddy we should probably read out a prepared statement here because Alison Maricast is actually saying that we think Morgan Fox has done alright recently despite the fact that we've been railing them we've been railing them for footballing reasons I mean he has he has got a mistake in him he's made a lot yeah. of those mistakes but in all honesty he's been asked to do too much he's yeah. a left back and funnily enough, when you ask him to play as left back, he performs a whole lot more yeah, admirably than when you try and play him somewhere in between left wing back or left midfield. Or you ask him to play as the left side of a third, yeah. a three, three centre backs. And the only mistake I've seen in the last two games has been his moustache. <laughs> like, he got the wrong memo there, which was like shave off your tash and start mimicking a moustache. <laughs> Don't actually grow one, right? Yeah, it's not just that, though. It's not just about um, the kind of uh, getting regular stuff in. He's having a regular back four with him as well. I think having someone like I think Joao helps him a lot on that left wing. I don't think Joao's very good on left wing as far as going forward entails, but actually helping your, um, Fox out on that left back position is actually I think gives Fox a bit more confidence. I've seen him be a lot more confident the last two games against Borough and Preston uh, since Jos left. Um, so I don't think he's our left back of the future put that way, but I think he can do for the time being until we get someone else in. Yeah. He's, he's, I think he's been alright I think he's um, put in a couple of decent shifts the the significant thing for me against um, Middlesbrough and, and, and Fox was a really good example of this is that we got players across the park that were playing with a bit of swagger they were playing with balls again and we've not been doing that you know, there was a bit of there was a bit of confidence there was a bit of you know kind of head held high and, and Fox was a real example of someone that's just been down in the gut for such a long time and suddenly a couple of games and he's got his confidence he's back he's so and, passionate when he scores as well he's yeah, he was, the one he was that goes playing with real, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, there was a lot of swagger going on in that in that team I think Hutch being back in is just so significant and you know he's, he's kind of he's a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde figure isn't he Hutch because you know, you, you. It's not that long ago that we'd sit every week when we were doing our, our podcast and talk about the fact that Hutch is probably the best player in our team, really, and he would be a Champions League defensive midfielder if not for the fact that he's basically got no legs. Yeah. But you know, if if he'd stayed fit his whole career, there's no way in the world he'd be playing in the Championship. No. But at the same time, he's uh, an absolute fucking liability. <laughs> and, and whatever happened between him and Yoss, we'll probably never know. But something happened. But then there's also the fact that he's quite—he's been quite vocal about saying, "Well, I'm fit. I don't know why I'm not playing." Like fans have known because he said it to fans at like academy games and stuff like that. And you're like, "Well, that's really unprofessional for one." Um, and then obviously the moustache thing after the game yesterday, which was hilarious. It was quite close to where we were. It was just in front of us. And I remember thinking that's quite funny, but it's also like, it's should you be doing that as a professional footballer? That's probably not probably not great. But that's that's Hutchinson. But I'll tell you what, he made such a difference yesterday. We were a different. We were a different team. And you also you get a different Bannon. When Hutch is playing, because he Bannon, can play, Bannon's he allowed I was going to, yeah, say, to do, to to do play, something, yeah. whether it's psychological or what, I don't know. But you, you get a different Bannon, um, and you get a different defence as well. There's a there's a confidence among that defence, that back four. When you've got Westwood behind them, you've got Hutch in front of them. It's just, and I think that's what that led to that kind of swagger on the the back four. That they just got that confidence that we've been just shot off for uh, the last six months. The funny thing is, I'll tell you exactly what it was with Hutch. And I mean, there might have been other things behind the scenes, but the thing with Hutch was that twentieth minute against Brentford away earlier this season, when he clatters into the defender, gives away penalty, and then Yoss holds him off at half time. Right, that's the last time we saw him. Yeah, until he turns up, and that was the weird thing about Yoss Lehukai. He he just made decisions binarily like that. Mm. You wow. know, second that someone made a mistake or didn't toe his line, didn't ask for mushrooms in the canteen, yeah. they're out. Now, you know, you can 
kind of excuse a bit of unprofessionalism in that environment because that doesn't feel like you're getting the right rub of the green, you're given, given trust and you're taking into account all the impact that a player like Hutchinson has on the team. You know, first game of the season he was asked to play as an attacking midfielder right against Wigan. Yeah. You know, then he's against Brentford and he's being thrown back into the back, but in kind of a weird kind of hiatus role, not as a defensive midfielder, kind of like trying to play somewhere between centre back and, and DM. So I, I've kind of got a bit of sympathy for it, and I think you've got to allow them a little bit of that kind of letting off steam right now. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Justin Woodford's anymore, so I didn't. <laughs> as yeah. simple as that. But I thought that was interesting that you were saying about Bannon. Uh, there was I, I saw a good few conversations after that Brentford game and about how sometimes, and it, it was Preston, wasn't it? How we sometimes play better against uh, against teams without Bannon. There is there is an argument there for yeah. it, and I think you're right. When when Bannon has Hutch behind him, there is a, a better confidence because you'll see a lot of games Bannon drop back when when he hasn't got a decent defensive midfielder. Uh, Bannon drops back, picks the ball up deep, and tries to ping these Hollywood balls, and it's not a successful way of winning football games. Whereas when he's side by side with somebody like Pelopesi, who again, you know, put his put his grafting on uh, against Preston, wasn't it? And um, and didn't play terribly. There, there there just wasn't that, as you say, that swagger around the players. So I, there is sometimes a, um, a a conversation to be had of whether every game is a Barry Bannon game. Do you know what I mean? It, you know, is is there a time where we need to play Hutch and then Pelopesi in the middle and have a, a hard working midfield and that type of thing? And um, and then the other conversation I had this week was, um, it was it was today, about uh, the Adam Reach today, yesterday, ran in behind a defence, or, or ran through a defence and got a ball over the top and slotted one in on the near post. Oh. When was the last time you've seen him that side of the defence? And when was the last time you saw him in the 18-yard box? It was all patient, Bill, and Sidman spanked one from here. And that ball from Barry Bannon, though. It was, that was absolutely, sublime. absolutely glorious. But there seems to be a different change in the way we're playing. Because had that have been two, three weeks ago, it'd have been on the edge of the line, it'd have took a step back, took a touch to the side and tried and smack one from 25 yards. And this is why I say given the benefit of the doubt, because in my eye, these players have been remarkably professional because they've actually followed the instructions the coach yeah. has given them. Yeah. We saw it under Carlos as well. We saw players that would reach the halfway line and they'd stop because they were, they were being coached to wait until they had enough support, right? So they weren't bombing forward. They weren't getting out of position. They were waiting. They were doing the same thing. They were trying to implement a plan, some plan, that Jos had. They just didn't fully understand it as far as I could see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Whereas when you compare and contrast it to what's going on with, um, you know, with the goal, for example, yesterday, you have a situation where Reach starts that move. Right, yeah. he's all the way back in his foot in his own half. He plays a little bit of kind of break up play, links it into Bannon, and then it's it's the archetypal Hollywood ball. Except instead of like trying to play it sixty yards, he's playing it thirty yards, and it's perfectly timed because you've got the run forward because they're playing with a bit more freedom. Hutch did it against Preston as well, didn't he? Hutch ran the full length of the pitch when he came on, just trying to trying to prove a point and yeah. trying to get in front. So yeah. And Billy was saying that Reach makes those runs all the time. I'm sure it's in his DNA to do that. But like say under Yoss, he wasn't doing those runs no. all the time. So for Billy to recognise that and. Obviously, it was said before the game to reach, try and make those runs. I mean, to work in the, what, the first 20 minutes, half an hour, was it was called the goal, I can't remember. Um, was just a testament to Bully. That was Bully's kind of like, he, he saw what Reach and Bannon can do and told him to play that way. So, just let them play how they want to play, what, what, to their strengths at least. That's probably what the fallout was. I, I reckon that's probably where it was, the tactical fallout. Where, you know, West, Westwood is no shrinking fire. <laughs> <laughs> Westwood is no shrinking fire. And to, and to tell him, you know, just hoof it up the pitch or 
don't move it up the pitch or don't do what we've always been doing that was successful in those two playoffs. No, just do something completely different. And, and that's probably where they fell down. I, I reckon that's probably what the fallout was. And do you know what that's interesting about the uh, about the Brentford penalty? I didn't really... I didn't, I didn't I've got clip two, that. Two to yeah. yeah. But you've not said out. Who? You, you, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's what happened. You know, <laughs> no, well, that the other week, did you? We've talked about it before, haven't we? The fact that you know, that was. To that one. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> it's really getting out of hand. Your imagine. podcast. Creative <laughs> 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 differences. Can you imagine Yoss being like really annoyed at, at Hutch and Hutch's so ballsy of him just saying, "Oh well, I did it. Sorry about that, but you know, fuck you." Um, and you know that just really annoying him and, and the Hukai came in as someone that was he was the absolute in a lot of ways like you've got Carlos on one side of the scale who um, you know was a bit lax with players and probably you know in terms of training it was all a bit kind of you know I'll just turn up when you want and things like that the other end of the scale got Yoss that came in who was the you know the complete kind of like if you're late for training and you know, all the stuff that was in Dom's article the other day about stuff that he banned and changing training time to keep players on the toes and stuff like that and you think you, that is literally the opposite of the way things were before um, so you can imagine it just being a fairly flippant conversation at half time in the changing room and you just went that's it you're frozen out I'm not having it um, and obviously it hasn't it hasn't worked at all um, and I think the thing for me is the last couple of games particularly the Middlesbrough game because it was such a positive performance and they're in a bit of a mess at the moment so you know we let, let's not forget that we got a little bit lucky with the time that we played them um, but it just feels like we've just basically wasted a, a year of yeah. our football club Definitely. because we've learned nothing really in the last year other than Adam Reach can step up to the the, the, the plate when he needs to um, but More what, what, is a what else have we what else have we learned in the last 12 months that's it we're, we're nowhere any better any worse off We've just wasted a season. It's still Christmas time and Lee Bond's still in charge. Yeah. <laughs> Literally the same. We're not playing Burton on boxing on New Year's Day, are we? <laughs> well, yeah, we've got... Um, Bur- was it Birmingham that we were 3-0 down to after 20 minutes last season or something yeah. like that? Yeah, and then 3-0. Dickey on. left at half-time or whatever it was. Yeah. Like that. Even I left on like 70 minutes or something. <laughs> Good. Uh, other notes that I've got down then about the uh, Middlesbrough game. Firstly, we've slightly touched on this, but uh, that re- uh, that reach goal, uh, he had absolutely no right to score from that. How did that go in? Uh, that was just, sexy football. That that was beautiful, wasn't it? It was nice. Yeah, it was. It, it reminded of his like playoff season, didn't mm. it? Where we just score goals that are like you know just outrageous. I think sometimes what we forget about that because like the playoff season, the first one, the good one, and then this season with Adam Reach and whatever it has all been like goal of the season award has always been like these absolute thunder chuffers thunder from chuffers. the halfway line you know but actually goals like that are bloody good and all aren't they so it's nice to have a different yeah, yeah different yeah. perspective and you know i know it won't make the match of the day advert we know that yeah but it's one of them in it even if we're not going to sell him you know what every time he scores a goal it's like it's an extra half a million on his value we'll take that. you know it's not a bad thing it's not a bad thing uh paddy you mentioned uh Zhao. Um, and he worked quite well on the on the wing, but not so much coming forward. Uh, I felt during the Middlesbrough game that Zhao going off was the thing that actually changed the game for us. That was the moment that it all kind of having an extra man in midfield and 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 suddenly it just started to work again after that. So I don't know how significant 
that is. It's unfortunate because obviously Jao picked up an injury and he's not been playing badly as our top goal scorer this season. What's he got? Eight or nine goals or something that he's um, that he's got. Does does he? If we're going to play him wide, does it work? I'm not convinced that it's the right role for him, and it's difficult how he you know Fletcher's kind of made that position his own. Now I thought Fletcher's work rate yesterday was amazing. He played 90 minutes, which I, I never yeah. thought I would see, and he was I mean he was dead. He was like an old man. <laughs> he started around. limping at like 20 minutes. And <laughs> I didn't think we'd see him through, but and every time we went for a warrior, challenge afterwards, he'd have to like shake off one of his legs and stuff, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, and he would be hobbling around until the ball came near him and, he, and that and he suddenly burst into life um, and he played that role fantastic how long do we have but, until but, the return of the hoops never never, never. Not La- last it, month it? I think it was meant to be because uh, yeah. I like him really it's, like it's always a few more months but here's the thing right so first and foremost credit to Anoma when he came on yeah brilliant Anoma was fantastic yesterday yeah. right and that, that gives the lie to what Yoss was talking about as well when he said he brings nothing to the game and he was talking about performance yeah. as well so I mean None of us saw that because we saw him actually putting a good shift in that game. But he was terrific yesterday. He was tenacious. He was, you know, he played in that advanced midfield role, so he was given a little bit more liberty. And he actually, he's more aggressive and more direct than Zhao is. You know, Zhao will always kind of drift in and out, and he'll get that chance to kind of, you know, hit that worldie from thirty yards. But he doesn't necessarily drive the team forward the way that Anoma did. Um, the other thing with Fletcher, and I've said this since we've signed him, and we've never tried it, is he needs a pacey striker running off him. Mm. You know. Wednesday have not had that striker in the last three, four years, but we want a Kamar Roof, we want like a, you know, an Andre Gray in his prime running off Fletcher because the hold-up play and the way that he moves defenders, you want someone who's exploiting that. And either we use Zhao in that role or we determine he's not that right striker, we should move him on. But then we look at like people like Yoss and you know people have judged Fletcher for not being a massive goal scorer because but that's not who he is. He's not a striker, not, he's not a poacher, yeah. he's a front man. He's a forward, and he needs somebody alongside him like that—a little whippersnapper. He does, yeah, and he works. You know, yeah. the, the way that he's been playing that role in the last couple of games has been superb. In fact, Fletcher all season really has been good, and we've we've talked about this a few times about Fletch being an intelligent footballer. You know, he's been he's been around. He's played in a lot of different leagues. He's played in the Premier League for a long time. He's learnt a thing or two, and he he just knows what he's doing. Um, and I've watched him fairly closely during that Borough game. And even stuff like he's going up for a, a header that he's not going to win, but somehow he manages to do it in a way that the defender's got to head it out of play for a throw into us or something. He's just he's just got this incredible experience that he's built up, and he, he's knocking on now. And he must be like 32, 33 or something now. He's yeah, but, yeah. he's certainly not getting any um, any younger, but it feels like he's kind of going back into his prime a little bit. And and you know, lasting but ninety some minutes, which do, don't they, I did, I did not think we'd ever see Hutch play. Uh, Fletch play 90 minutes or Hutch for that matter actually yeah. that's a statement stands <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually we didn't did we he, he ended up going off um, not sent off not sent off not, not on a, a stretcher not even a yellow Hutch yeah. yellow card bingo went um, went out of the window um, alright so let's talk about full time then <coughs> what I mean obviously we've all seen the Hutch thing do we make anything of that the uh, Westwood also seemed to do some kind of gestures to the crowd I don't know if that was Yoss Fletcher's 31 by related was oh, it only 31 Oh, then, he should, got, then, then he should be playing 90 bloody a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Young snapper. What did Westwood do? Westwood was doing something to the crowd. I don't know if it was just... Um, he, he was kind of doing that thing where you do like the, the glasses thing. I can't do it, where you like hold your hands in a certain way to make glasses. Yeah, that, oh. that's it. You, you can do Not it. So it. Can this will work, work really well on a podcast. <laughs> really well on a podcast. I mean, Hutch to do with the moustache, he must have practised that. I mean... 
if you he went purposely with two fingers for moustache, right? If you went one finger, that's him. Yeah, that's, that's not. <laughs> so that's I think he must have practiced in the mirror beforehand. <laughs> it wasn't like a spur of the moment thing where you go, okay, I'm going to moustache thing to the fans so people know that he was a knobhead. But he actually went two fingers, which is very bizarre. Yeah, yeah, I've never done that. No. See, I think he went like that first of all in the mirror and thought, no, that's a bad idea. No. One finger. Do you reckon it was going to be Especially if he's waving to the crowd at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not good. I mean, thankfully, you can't, you can't see the crowd. That's a different uh, headline altogether, really. very different, very different. Um, <laughs> Do you yeah, think I it would have been his celebration if he'd have scored? It might have been, yeah. Fudge, and you've, I think that would have been You've spent the last week doing Yoss impressions on um, um, starting at half three in the morning, whatever yeah. it was, Christmas Eve or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, which is kind of about doing you now. You've, 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 he, he's now overtaking you in the uh, Yoss Lahukai um, yeah. tribute acts. I might really. start doing Sammy Hutchinson now at half past three in the morning while I've had a few beers, just walking around doing right. cockney noises. <laughs> you know what I mean? See, see if I can get away with that, like, you know what I mean? But. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't blame him. You know what I mean? He's he's been treated, he's been made a scapegoat of of a few as far as the relationship between Sam and um, and Joss have been. So you know he won, celebrated. <laughs> I, I don't care. I don't, some, you know, there's a lot of vitriol about going. Um, he's he's unprofessional. Maybe he should have not done it. You know, I've got better things to worry about. I think as well, he's struggled with his mental health, hasn't he? He's been he made no bones about that, and he really struggles when he's not playing football. He really struggles as a man, as a husband, as a dad, or whatever. So it can't have been easy for him. He's not a dad. He's not a husband. He can't be. He is. He's, he's too young and pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, though, can we talk about his hair? Because it's not been looking as good recently. No. It's yeah. kind of a bit bouffant, hasn't it? It's yeah. a bit no, it's old school. Old school hutch. I love the bouffant. <laughs> Fudge is trying it, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to go and get rid of the sides and, you know. We've, we've got a slight point of order right now because there's three of us that need to open our next uh, cans, so we're all going to do it in unison. So, um, that's the, the noise that you there uh, saw here. <coughs> there we go. And um, it needs her beer as well. Uh, right, okay, so. Um, I need to get my line. Okay, what back are we? <laughs> Alright, everyone's just leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll battle on. So, what about um, at the end of the game, Lee Balloon kind of came over, waved a little bit to the crowd, but didn't do too much. Do you, I mean, I guess two questions here. Do we think that Balloon's going to be staying on? Um, and secondly, is, is, is it kind of, does it feel like a guy that knows that maybe it's his last couple of games involved with his football club? Probably the latter. I'd say the latter. Because, you know, Steve Bruce, uh, as we know, you've got Agnew and Clarence, who are the, um, who are the old, old guard for, um, for Steve Bruce, and he's got his own team and he's got his own players. Now, I am a big believer in change. Uh, not change, because I don't like change. In, <laughs> <laughs> but you're a big believer in it. I'm a big believer in it. I'm a big believer in moving forward, in uh, innovation. Do you know what I mean? And is Lee Bullen a negative effect because it's all that old Wednesday nonsense and we need to drag out. You liked it a minute ago when they played on the waterfront. <laughs> no, that, no, that, that, I thought that was a great marketing point. Do you know what I mean? Is that there? You know, there, there's always been a lot of vitriol on, on Twitter as well and on social media about Lee Bullen's involvement with the team. But my thought is. <laughs> is are we a power cup? We just plunged into darkness we, and James yeah. back for a week. You've cut off Fudge mid floor. Mid-flow. Yeah, mid floor. <laughs> but yeah, my thought is. First time for everything. <laughs> it's, a, it's a heavy set flow. <laughs> uh, but that's something else altogether. 
But yeah, my thought is, does Lee Bullen drag us backwards? Uh, do we need to just shed everything and get rid of it? I mentioned this before that my little brother is a coach at Liverpool and he always says that the old players are always knocking around the ground and they're always about there and it's all about the Liverpool way and, and you've got to be a type of person to, to be in, involved in this entire scout nonsense. So have we got our own Ian Rush in Lee Bullen? Have we got our own... King Kenny and Lee Bullen. You know what I mean? Is it is it about time we just shed it all off and started stepping forward as opposed to, you know, harping back to this time when we won this game 13 years ago? I think Lee Bullen is an absolute asset to Sheffield Wednesday Football Club, but maybe not in a first-team coaching role. I think as a mentor to the young lads, he's brilliant. Yeah. He, I've seen that firsthand. Like He's absolutely fantastic. He lives and breathes the club. Like he's moved to Sheffield, he's still here. Yeah. You know, he's building apartments at botanical gardens. He's living the dream. But I, I would, I would keep him. Not uh, single-handedly, we should point. No. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Not on a Tuesday when he's off. Uh, but I think I would keep him involved with the young lads. And you know, Hursty's left. It's going to be someone going around boxes on a match day as well, aren't they? So. <laughs> it's, not, it's not insignificant, is it, that he. Uh, he drove to Cameron Dawson's house the night before the Preston game started that he wasn't playing. Um, and even, you know, he said quite publicly, he said the lad was, you know, he was, he was really upset, he was really disappointed, as he would be. But how much better is is that than, you know, what some managers would, would do when you imagine, you know, if Yoss had decided that he was going to take the plunge and put Westwood back in the net or swap it and put Wildsmith in or something, he's not going to go to his house and tell him, like, you know, that's, he, um, that's, that's kind of, that says a lot about the guy's character, I think. When I knew Lee Bullen when I was 19, um, my ex-boyfriend was in the academy, we've talked about that before, a friend of James Kay, friend of the show, and Bully organised <laughs> us to go to Hong Kong, where he played, um, but he didn't do it in a typical, that we would get the phone call and move, he actually came round to the family home, brought like 200 quid worth of Domino's pizzas, and sat and explained the reasonings and the fact that, even as just the club captain, he wanted to be involved in this move and to talk us through it because we were teenagers, we didn't know. So he was doing it 10, 11 years mm. ago. You know, that's the kind of guy he is. He's a good guy. Um, It'd be a shame if he wasn't involved I think so. somewhere along the line. He convinced me because I was kind of on the fence. I, I kind of see the need to wipe the slate clean and mm-hmm. like Fudge's approach innovation, innovation, innovation. Just kind of like, it's not worked the last God knows how many years. Let's try it. Bruce, I mean, everything in charge of uh, God do Bruce, that kind of feel and stuff. Um, and Bully, I th- feel like sometimes might have been the kind of, rather than a kind of club uh, advocate and ambassador, he might have been more of a weight at mm-hmm. times. Maybe when he got, he kind of found himself as the assistant manager by accident almost, wasn't he? he was just like the last man standing brought in to help people through and adapt to the club. We don't need someone, we don't need him to adapt Bruce to the club. He knows the area, he knows the people, he knows the, the league. Mm. Bullen, I think, is technically supposed to requirements, but I've, I've been won over by your uh, kind of like emotional kind of stuff about saying having a heart and an ambassador, having that kind of person in the club who knows the ins and outs of it. So I'm all for keeping him in the, the kind of like coaching, the youth and stuff, but as far as first team, I think it's time for him to take a step back. I suppose I've also done Stephen Haslam a real disservice there as well, because he's obviously doing something very right at the moment. Who do you get rid of? The there's still, there's a, you know, I've said before about Zhao that he's the kind of player that I think plays better when he's got someone's arm around him. He just needs that figure around him. That I don't think... I think Carlos probably did to an extent. Um, Jos does, 
didn't seem like that kind of manager that would put his arm around someone. It was, you know, you're either in or you're out. It's very black and white with him. Um, I think Bullen, and I don't know whether or not you could have a job that's literally just kind of like player liaison or something, I don't know, but someone that's that's just there. Um, kind of, yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is since, <laughs> since players like Leuven's left and Samida left, we've been a bit shit. Uh, we've Tom struggled because we've got no, we've got no leaders. We've got no one around that kind of lives and breathes the the club. Well, if we lose Bullen as well, is there a risk there that we we're just losing that a bit more in terms of our identity as a club? But but here's the thing, right? We we make it out like it's binary. Like you either lose Bullen or you keep Bullen. You can have Bullen as the academy head, or you can have Bullen in a different role, first team coach. Bollocks to that. If you want to build a community, you have lots of Bullens. And you have lots of people in different roles, and you work out a role that works for Bullen, but you also bring, maybe not Hursty, a few things down the road there, but you bring, <laughs> you bring other luminaries of Wednesday history in, you teach people about what it is to be a Wednesday, what it is to be part of Sheffield Wednesday, you, you borrow a playbook, a page from the playbook of the Scouse, you know, we're the Liverpool yeah. thing. You've got to be proud of it, because what else have we got? It's like right? John Pearson's kind of always just been employed yeah. by the club, hasn't he, for like yeah, the last yeah. 10 years exactly. or so? But I don't. I, I never saw him play. For me, you can get in the bin. Never, never present again. I, I just shrug my shoulders and move on. And be like, all right, get Lee Bullen. Do you know what I mean? Like, like are, are we are we hanging on to the past? You know, there there are, there are people going to what, what else have we got to hang on to? You know, we, we is there anything wrong with that? Uh, Miguel Yair in I the Wicked game. Play off for his <laughs> Look at the future. He's selling those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's selling, but he's selling yeah. balls on a string. Like, like, <laughs> if like Miguel Yair was brought in, they would all be playing with balls on a string. Yeah, with yeah, ball yeah, ball, yeah. 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 Ball. Uh, I wonder how many people on Christmas Day morning got up and had the All Wednesday DVD as one of their presents. Right, all that um, DVD does oh, is just shows people what it is to be. A Wednesday fan, what, what you know, the the yeah. history of it, where where it all stems from, uh, and that's quite important for us as fans sometimes because you know we we've had a, a pretty shit season and, and we're going to talk about kind of our highlights and lowlights of of twenty eighteen, but um, you know I think one of the highlights for Sheffield Wednesday as a football club has been that film because it's really you know reminded of all as all of what it's all about, and I don't think that's insignificant. I think there's something in that. So I think shedding off too much of that heritage and too much of that past um, can be a bad thing. You know, I think, you know, Bullen kind of coming in and doing the speech about being the captain in the, in, you know, the playoff final and stuff. There's still, there's still room for that. There's still a place for that in football. There is, there is, don't get me wrong. But there, I, I think we hold on to a lot of, a lot of old stuff that we need to just drop and move on and go forward. You know, Tango needs to retire. It's not funny <laughs> anymore. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> I, I, I get that, but come on, man. The the Tango advert that we named him after was 25 years <laughs> ago. Do you know what I mean? There are kids finishing uni that don't remember that advert. Do you know what I mean? That type of thing. There are things that we need to drop. I'm not saying drop Lee Ball. I'm not saying sack him out. I quite no, like the idea of it. What, what you're saying is don't depend on it. But this is my yeah. point about the fact it's not binary, right? You can have a Lee Bullen playing a role in a player liaison capacity. Yeah. You can have a Stephen Aslam running the academy and building up his career because he's going to be a professional coach and he'll probably go on and get poached by Manchester City before too yeah. long. But let's hang on to him while we can. But then you can celebrate Tango, but it just needs to be a small part of it, right? It yeah. doesn't need to be the big part. Like... One of the things that got missed a little bit in the 150th year is uh, one of our um, one of our listeners, Oliver Fozard, I don't know if you guys know him, mm-hmm. is head brewer up at Roosters in North Yorkshire, did a collage of all the things that mattered to him as a Wednesday night. 
And like it's got a hundred pictures in it, right? And it's just his view. And if each of us did the same thing, we'd have probably twenty same pictures and eighty different pictures. But the point is, Tango is probably in a lot of those pictures. So yeah. we should hang on to Tango as a bit. We shouldn't depend on Tango. We shouldn't depend on Lee Bullen. We should depend on the club as a whole to knit all those things together and be something better. And then let's put a big dose of professionalism into our strategic planning and into our coaching. So, you know, we can't, we've got to build Very those... Very pragmatic practices. answer, that, that, James. I enjoyed there you that. Go. <laughs> That's a shit kicker, you. That's like a shit kicker. <laughs> <laughs> so get in the bloody bin. This is what happens when we invite the actual professionals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come, coming in here with the sensible podcast. answers. Yeah. Paddy has notes and everything. Right? <laughs> I'll just make notes again. To be no, I drew a picture of a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's a beautiful picture that I punched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, anything else then about current kind of Wednesday affairs before we... Just to mention on that DVD thing, uh, Dan Fudge, I forgot to bring yours, um, Bullen does an interview on there as well that's really good as an extra on the DVD. It's about five minutes long. It's really... I've not really seen that yet, All right, that's, yeah. that's You have to scroll through quite a lot of extras, like trailers. Matt, just watch film, mate. Not not trailer for it. But, yeah, it's on there and it's really good. I think Matt tweeted it out as well, actually. It's a really good clip. About okay. five, ten minutes, yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, good. Yeah, um, right, so this brings us on to, and actually, I mean, we've still got a game left this season, uh, which is obviously West Brom on um, Saturday. But um, kind of uh, 2018 taken as a whole, highlights, the not-so-good stuff. Um, anyone want to bowl anything in then? Highlights or lowlights of um, 2018? Well, there's plenty of lowlights, isn't there? Um, highlight. God, you come back to me on that one. <laughs> Low light was day one of the uh, of the year. Literally, yeah, it was day one of the year was a three 0 drubbing at home to to Burton, <laughs> and we should have gone. Hey, this is not going to work out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but we didn't. We uh, you know we I, I think it was yourself, wasn't it, that went out with um, the stick on mustaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. United it's, it's not like we didn't try to get behind the new gaffer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He just he just played dreadful football and didn't get the results either so every time you and I have had a conversation about you know style over substance and, and the rest of it we were getting neither yeah which is <laughs> you know uh, a highlight was for me was uh, new uh, shutting a lot of people up but then benefit of retrospect after the summer <laughs> and, uh, and the last three months uh, you know okay, kind of, also yeah, highlight yeah yeah <laughs> so uh, you know I've got kind of an amber one no, I've got one in the middle. I've got a middle light. Have you got an highlight? Have you got one? Yeah, that'll be mine because I told it you before we started recording. You've just stolen both of them. Tell you what about that um, about Burt game um, because that that is a, a, a that was a real low light, but it was a bit more significant than that because that was the day that we appointed Catherine Mier yeah. as our chief exec, and that was announced about an hour before the game, and that was about yeah. two o'clock. Um, who for me was just someone that I'd only known because of being associated with the absolute you know shit of a tip that is Charlton, um, and I remember at two o'clock just thinking, this is this the direction that my football club's going in? What the fuck's happening here? And it was awful. I just remember I was in the I was in the queue for the four lane ends chip shop to just buy some chips to go into the game with. So it must have been a little bit after two o'clock. Um, and, and I just remember this whole feeling that just came over me of like this this is the club that we're going to be in is it mm. this is the kind of thing that we're going to do and then we lost 4-0 at home it was an awful terrible performance and and after that you were just like what a, a shit start to the year but I think there's also a real positive from that as well in terms of when we did our end of season review and I picked my positive out as being 
the employment of a chief exec, yeah. who, as it turns out, is not this crazy megalomaniac. Um, we know there's there's issues in terms of the control that she's got and the position that she's actually doing, which is not really a chief exec role, as we talked about the other night. It's more of like a commercial manager role or whatever. Um, but there's a there's a real positive there in terms of getting an improvement in terms of the structure of the club. There's a hell of a long way to, to go after that. It says but a it lot does, about that. That first, that first of January was just, a, oh, just a, such a bad day to be It says it? a lot about the, the, the season we've had when we're going, well done on the on the employment of a commercial director. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like We've got nothing on the pitch to shout about, but we've mm. got a fan zone, so that's yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But to be fair, because Vic doesn't listen to us about stats, she doesn't know that I gave her credit for uh, clarifying that situation for us well, last week. Yeah, well. so she has. No, she, she's done good I things. I kind of point out, stuff. it's not me being rude. I listen to AmeriCast. I just don't get numbers. <laughs> don't understand it. I don't feel the need... Just sit and listen to it in my spare time either, because I already don't get it. Why would I want to just sit there and listen? So. Listen now, or now. How's about ah, that? No. <laughs> uh, I think you're right. On the pitch, it's been pretty much static from day one through to yeah, almost day 362. Um, but for me, the low light has been the fans' forums. Like, mm. I just don't know why he persists with them still. He has to. Why do you think he has to? You do, there's EFL, 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 EFL rules. You do, have to. Really? The amount of them and the way he's conducted them I think have been really, really poor. Yeah. I think the way you can go about them and the amount of times you have to do them, I just think it's I think it's been detrimental rather than positive to the club. I think if you communicate more regularly, you wouldn't need to do the mass communication or the kind of face-to-face communication that you prefers. So I think for me, that has to get in the bin to steal Fudge's uh, catchphrase. You can have it. Uh, <laughs> I've got to clean it up. And I had a highlight. Oh, highlight uh, was basically uh, fans coming together to create stuff. So, like, podcasts, art, um, yeah. chipping films, uh, interviews with Chris Waddle and John Harks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, like, just the things that spawn. When It's like, uh, <laughs> devil makes work for Ronald Dumb. It's like, the team shit, let's just do something that takes our mind a bit, which is either talk about a team or talk about our past or make films about our past or make uh, art about what it means to be a Wednesday night. That to me has been more kind of a highlight of last year than anything that's happened at the club. James, have you considered doing some kind of tweets representing like all the things that Wednesday have been doing off the pitch that fans have been doing? Because I'd imagine that would go down really well with uh, <laughs> our fan base and you wouldn't get any stuff that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny that. You know, you, you can make that sort of tweet at James Allen if you want how, to. Uh, how our fans are actually, you know, a remarkable success story in this season yeah, yeah. of shit. Um, yeah, but people uh, people don't want to hear it, right? But it's, it's, it's true, right? I mean, like, so... When we did the end of whatever it was, 2017-18 season review for the Wednesday week, I sat with you here, James, in this kitchen, and your highlight was catering me. My highlight was taking my lad to his first kind of full game of the Norwich game at the end of last season, and we won. What was five it? Five, five one. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know. Went back to an hat trick. Yes. That was like all the things that are good about Wednesday. We'd had a shocking season. We got beaten at home by United. We kind of flirted with relegation. We kind of pulled out of it. We, you know, we showed up the defence, whatever else. And then that day in May, it was like, you know, the sunshine was out, the Hillsborough was full, the team was playing with passion, we whacked in a load of goals, my kid was there. It was just, it was a really good feeling. And then nothing really has happened since. <laughs> so nothing's changed in the last six months, but what has changed is a lot of the fan fan support. So I think we should we should double down on that. That's been 
Yeah, I think um, I think if you look at the the Owl Sanctuary specifically, Chris Chris and um, Pete Pete, they they do a they, they make a point of trying to make it positive mm. to, uh, to to go back to, to our rich history that we've got that stuff. You know, I was slagging ten minutes off. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's a great idea because they, they did they were very careful, weren't they, in saying it's not a, a review show. We want to talk about the good times. We want to talk about the times and what it means to you to be a Wednesday fan. And that was quite you know I, I quite like that about them setting that up. That that was that was pretty cool. But if, if I can just think, see your of, highlight was another podcast. Another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and was you couldn't be here tonight, sadly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we didn't want to come to that. <laughs> we'll do that in 2019. Yeah, yeah. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get, we'll get a diary. We'll I'm there. just trying to remember which song it is that says we want to talk about the good times, we don't want to talk about the bad times. <laughs> Put you on the point. Is it Blame on the Boogie? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to copyright that right now. Um, I'll send you some lyrics now, Chris and Pete, for your... Uh, for the, for the theme tune. Uh, <laughs> I, I write the theme tune. Theme tune. Um, but yeah, on the pitch, if there was any positives on the pitch, uh, Matt Penny. Um, yeah. yep. See him come through, that was that was yeah. great. Uh, you know, the, the the other guys that have come through don't seem Thornley. to have got to that level that, that Matt did. But yeah, yeah, Judd did yeah. and... Um, yeah, there's been some there's been some great developments there. That's been that's been cool. Yeah. I just um, oh and Lucas Yao to be fair as well, if if I want to go recently, out of some dreadful tactics and some dreadful football and a and a club in absolute disarray, he still managed to score goals. And you know, fair play to him, even though, you know, he's not got as any points and or wins, but you know. <laughs> Thanks for kicking the ball really hard. <laughs> I quite I quite like the parallels that we've kind of drawn here. So, you know, first first game of the year, the kind of the negativity from that, but also then the shoots of positivity with yeah. with Katrine. Um so Norwich at home, which has been both a highlight and a low light. Yeah. We've played them twice this year. Once we won five one, once we lost four nil. And that's just, you know, that's such a contrast, isn't it? You know, not a lot of change between those two teams in, in that summer. Um, and yet so different. So my low light is going to be um, the realization that we were in a transfer embargo, and this is particularly significant for James and I because you know doing the the um, podcasts that we've been doing about the FFP situation and stuff, and it was like watching a car crash in slow motion, and you're like, it's going to crash. It's go- they're they're going to hit each other. Someone needs to pull out of it. Um, so you know that that transfer embargo was the kind of thing that you're just thinking like well we'll sort it out it'll not actually happen and then obviously it, it did but a highlight from that is the way that we managed to um, get out of that situation we, we managed to, to make a deal with the EFL and that meant that we were able to sign Bannon and Zhao and maybe to an extent Matt Penny up to new contracts which is a real positive uh, from you know the the real kind of despair of of being under a transfer embargo to actually coming out of it and getting the players that we could have ended up losing for nothing signed up to new contracts I think is is absolutely huge um, and also another highlight reach score a goal <laughs> reach score a goal Adam reaches worldlies that's got to be a highlight isn't it you know he scored some cracking goals um, I mean it's been in the last few few months of the uh, year hasn't it it's all been this season but. He's called some absolute fantastic um, shots. So for that reason, I'm going to say that my highlight is that video that's filmed from the Leeds end when he when he whacks that one. Yes. And everyone goes like, Whee! Oh. "Shit!" <laughs> and it goes in. So that's that's my uh, that's my yeah. highlight. All right. So I'm going to challenge someone to come up with another highlight. Now I'm going to give you at least eighty seconds of prose before you get there. So from your highlight, let's go to a low light, which was the last ten minutes against West Brom. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So you from one reach worldy to another, right? He pings yeah. another one in here at West Brom. We're doing it all right. And then we manage in the last 10 minutes to do the most Wednesday thing that's possible, which is yeah. like having held a game for 80 minutes, we then decide to basically abandon midfield and Harvey's arms wade through and, uh, <laughs> and scores twice in two minutes, right? So we're stood in the football factory down in New York, which several of you around the table haven't been to yet. But Does Danny get fucking diet go? Danny fucking diet. <laughs> yeah. um, no. Uh, basically, there's a bunch of Charlton fans and we try to ignore them. But the... Um, the point is, you know, we're, we're, we're so close. And then we sat there and we kind of watched that and it was like, oh, yeah, that's that, that's always what was going to happen. And it kind of sums up the season in many respects, that last 10 minutes. It was just, it was so damn depressing. Mm. Did we make like, a substitution? Yeah, we did. We pulled, we pulled someone off. I think it was Josh and Omer, wasn't it? Yeah, we took, we took somebody off and I think it just absolutely just changed our entire yeah. dynamic. And then, like, Brings us, I, I, like I say, I'm trying to take us on a nosedive, but yeah. now I'm going to take, do the Danu one and I'm going to come to my low light of the season, which just to kind of accept... <coughs> have we talked about the fact that we haven't got a plan? Oh, God, have we, have we mentioned this? <laughs> if you, uh, if so, you want to talk about it, James, I'm happy to talk uh, about uh, it. All, all <laughs> I'm going to say is please refer to Al's about to start episode two and you'll find that I'm, uh, I'm pretty down on the fact that we don't have a long-term plan as a football club because I think there is so much this football club can do. Mm-hmm. Not just the football club, but the community, the fan base and the institution that's Sheffield Wednesday. We can do immeasurable things. And we might not necessarily have success straight away, but if we plan for it, we'll get there. And the fact that we don't claim to have a public plan for that depresses me immensely yeah. so that's my low light of the season so that's my 80 seconds I've given you Josh and Omer being taken off West Brom yeah. collapse and the fact that we don't know what we're doing in the next month let alone the next five years so come on so on end on the okay. um, oh. my highlight is from the new club shop in Meadowhall and the fact that they now seem to sell Aussie Owl dildos, whatever they are. Oh, it's, like, oh. it's like a blue stick with Aussie Owl's head on top. It's, it's a, a toy! Why is it a toy? Well, a baby's toy, that's perfect. That's like, a toy toy. If you're going to buy Aussie yeah. Owl, just buy Aussie Owl. It doesn't need to be a stick with his head on top. Yeah. Rampant Aussie, is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. It's not it's like a dispenser, is it? Yeah, it looks, it looks like he's his head on a stick like on Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's horrible. Um... Oh, I almost bought that with my nephew, by the way, online. I was oh, like, John, um, Mike yeah. Lecter bought it for his son. That's all we've got there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're missing out probably the the biggest, ultimately the biggest highlight, which is the fact that after 11 months of pretty much misery, we sacked Yoss. That's, yeah. that's yeah. got to be ultimately the... Yeah, yeah. It, it's a negative highlight, but isn't for me, it? But it, it, was, it throws up more relief. questions, though, that we finally did it after so much crap. And it took us months and weeks for us to for us to realise and do it. Uh, highlight for me would be that we finally got recognition of our existence back from the club. Yeah. Hey. Yes, yes. You know what I mean, didn't we? And yeah. Matt Exton wrote his credits. Yeah. I made my entire family watch all the credits on Christmas Day until it's at the Wednesday week. So yeah, but yeah, I um yeah we did that job. But God, it's been crap, hasn't it? It's been a difficult year. Yeah, it has. I, I just hope it gets better. That was a well. I'll tell you what, Fudge things can only get better. <laughs> oh, D-Ream. That's right, not off. Uh, right, any other musings from 2018 to bowling? No, screw it. Let's go to 2019. Adam Reach had a great thigh yesterday. Did you see the thigh video? He had a great thigh? Yeah, there was a clip. You know, like two, they, but... they filmed them coming out of the, the players... What to the dressing room? Yeah, coming out of there, and he just went like that with his thigh, and I've uh, screen grabbed it. As he like four feet, like and, and then she <laughs> went to Meadowall and bought the Aussie Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2018. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a note to end on. Yeah. Thanks for. I saw Barry Bannon on Tinder and you Stan Aiken and the match with Josh and Homer, but unmatched him when he missed that sitter. <laughs> <I regret> that. <laughs> wow. Um, right. Okay. So we'll do quick kind of goodbyes and socials and stuff. So we'll go around the table. James, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, goodbye, and uh, you can find me on social on uh, at Manhattan Owl on Twitter. And you're at West Brom with me and my mate John on Saturday. Absolutely. You're going to be tweeting loads from that? Uh, no, because I don't have cell phone reception in the UK. So <laughs> I'll, be, uh, I'll be drinking beer and enjoying the uh, the Renaissance of Sheffield Wednesday in advance of 2019. Bro, Vic? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Victoria1867, and I'll be not watching it. She'll be tindering your dad. <laughs> 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 When, honestly, when Dan, when Dan Fudge walked through the door today, he went, "Oh, I'm so ill. I'm yeah, so ill." Did, I'm I'm not and it, as soon as we as soon as we click record, it's like he comes alive. <laughs> the performance begins. Yeah, yeah. It's that, yeah. my, my personal highlight this evening was the fact before you two got here, James and Dan Fudge discussed all of his like fruit teas, yeah, yeah, which yeah, yeah. are the most tea. Yeah, I went for lemon and ginger. Yeah, he did. He exactly. went for it right at the beginning as well. James still kept describing all the other teams. Until he was like, I'll just have lemon and ginger. Maybe a sex team. <laughs> My name's Dan Fudge. I'm available on Twitter at Dan Fudge. You have to shout it into the microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so the new one. I'm Paddy at New York Owls on Twitter, so at New York Owls. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I'm on Twitter <laughs> at James Marriott, and um, yeah, well, I mean, guys, I mean, obviously, Fudge, you're down in Southampton. It's rare that we get to see you. It's yeah, been yeah. lovely to actually, you know, have your company around the table. Um, Paddy and James, I mean, you're you know quite a bit further away than that, so um, great to have you guys here as well. Thanks for having us. And um, yeah, here's to three. I mean, points. I've travelled over, James. Not I mean, <laughs> I mean, you've you've come from you know. I mean, you can see the North Stand from your. I've come from Drumfield today. I'll let you know. Oh, right, so. yeah, from which is probably a little bit shorter, is it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, all right, here's to um, three points at West Brom to wrap up the year nicely, and um, we will speak to you soon. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget share boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points, back of the net. Lubosh! Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.